You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. The third round is in full swing and the action increases from game to game. This is where the contenders are separated from the pretenders. To give you some skin in the game, DraftKings will be offering free-to-play pools every day of the basketball playoffs, offering players a free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes. That's up to $10,000 in total prizes up for grab each day. The best part? It's free-to-play. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings pool page to get your free shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hello and good day, San Jose. Welcome to the Stick Hungry Podcast, your home of the San Jose Sharks on the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Nick Floor. I am still sweating. Joining me today, we have Dylan Kayser and producer Pigeon. Dylan, how you doing? Nick, you'll be happy to know that I'm still drinking a watermelon <laughs> Red Bull. All these weeks later, there's a six-pack in the fridge. There's a six-pack in the fridge. <laughs> I like to enjoy my Red Bull slowly over the course of multiple weeks. <laughs> <laughs> really nursing it. Really nursing it. By the yeah. way, boys, I got a special intro song for this particular player review that you're doing today. Oh, okay. I'm very oh, interested. So, well, Nick, I'll, I'll let you tee it up first, then I'll, then I'll play this for you guys. Before we get into it, let's tell everyone where we're at. You can find me on Twitter at NickFloor underscore. You can follow the podcast at StickHungryPod, and you can follow the network at HockeyPodNet. Dylan. Uh, you can physically find me in the Pigeonhole studio. You can also find me on Twitter at DYL underscore THPN. At producer underscore Pigeon. Pigeon. All right. Today, lined up, we have everyone's favorite defensive defenseman, Mark Edward Vlasic. People are talking about the great taste of Vlasic pickles like never before. Here, my dear, try a Vlasic pickle. Why, thank you, dear. Now that's the best tasting pickle I ever heard. Hey, Jimmy, one trade? Sure. Want a Vlasic pickle? Okay. Now that's the best tasting pickle I ever heard. Vlasic pickles. Try and you might say. Now that might be the best tasting pickle that they've ever had, but this was not the best tasting pickle that we've ever had here for the San Jose Sharks. The pickle's <laughs> gone bad. The pickle's gone sour, <laughs> folks. <laughs> the brine was fucked uh just looking at uh mark edward vlasic aka pickles aka vlasic aka defensive liability the best damn pickle you ever have the <laughs> we got him for five more years at seven million dollars per season hot damn he made out like a bandit five points was at six. I can't read right now. I think that's six points. Yes. Six points. Six points. One goal, five assists. Um, in 51 games. 
it's absolutely fantastic season. Um, he was on pace. You know, this was a full 82-game season. Ten points, double digits, baby. Worst tracking of his life, by the way. That even compares to his uh, 12-game, or sorry, his 12.82-game pacing back in the 2012-2013 season. Yeah. So, hot damn. Flasic, get your shit together. Okay, we're going to need to talk about this. There's yeah, no we're way gonna... the Sharks buy him out. Well, we'll get into that in a second. I just want to note something on the stat sheet here quickly. Uh, in the 2019-2020 season, his Taiwan ice was averaged to be 20 minutes and 18 seconds. The year before, 21 minutes. The year before, 22 minutes. The year before, 21. So he was, on average, a 20- to 22-minute defenseman. This year, he's dropped down to 17. I think that shows that he is not the top four defenseman that we're used to seeing, and he's slowly going to become a bottom-pairing D-man. And Nick, like you mentioned, we're going to be paying a bottom-pairing defenseman $7 million? Yeah, it's can't absolutely have it. outrageous. And like Isha kind of alluded to, the Sharks can't afford the buyout. I have the buyout cost calculator here, courtesy of Cap Friendly. Go to capfriendly.com. You can see all the fun tools on how you can get you know, Vlasic or Martin Jones off the books and then just see how much money we'll have to spend on an actual good fucking team. But, I mean, you're talking about paying this man up until the 2030-2031 season. <laughs> it's not feasible. It's just impossible to do. And, and how much is, is, how much would we be paying him until 2031? Based on what I'm seeing here, the buyout cost for the first year for the cap hit is only 1.5 mil, but it increases to what I believe is 2.8, and then another 1.5, and then you start getting into the real fucking kickers, the 4.3, I believe that's 5.3, so that would be until so the end be- of what his contract would be. Yeah, so that would be the 2025-2026 season. The, the cap it for the bio would be 5.3. And then after that, every year after that until 2031, it would be 1.8, which is still a substantial amount of money. That 1.8, you can get a pretty good third liner for that. Yeah, we would be paying him to not be a third liner at yeah. all. Honestly. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. And so. he's gone on record to say that he is not going to waive his NMC to go to Seattle. And- Even though he had it. Yeah, I still think that's bullshit. Yeah, I think it was bullshit too, but it's still pretty funny. Pretty funny that he even brought that up. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, just to kind of circle back to statistics on the year, seven seconds of power play time on ice for the entirety of the year, which was probably an all-time high. Just kidding. It's not an all-time high. Um, And for those of you who who are probably thinking, but Nick, Nick, he's a shutdown defenseman. Like He's not going to do a lot of offensive stats, right? It's his job to shut people down. Well, you're right. Congratulations. Except for the part in 2016 when he had 48 points, excuse me, 39 points for a 48 point and 82 game pace. And then the following year, 28. And then the following year, 32. And then the following year, 25. So it's not like he's unfamiliar with getting in on the action, you know? And I'm sorry, like Mark Edward Vlasic, I don't think he's ever been considered a shutdown guy. He's always been a good two-way defenseman. That's what Mark Edward Vlasic was, a guy that can contribute on offense, but is very stable on defense. He's not known as a guy that, you know, around the league, all the top guys are, you know, always going to be matched up against Vlasic, and they know this is one of the toughest guys. That's not Vlasic. He's just a good overall defenseman. Or was, was, sorry, was, yes. Well, like He used to be with Justin Braun. Well, yes, and even when, you know, he he's been on Team Canada Olympics teams for the reason that they scouted and and 
built that team inviting him to join them was because they had those defensive guys first and they had some of those offensive guys. He was one of those players who was, who was going to do both and round out that defensive core. And the thing is, you know, at points in his career, yes, he could be the shutdown guy, but I never, I don't think that was ever, you know, the, the, the highlight of, of his game or, or the main point of his game. So I think as he gets older, you're going to lose some of that. And, I just don't think he can be a shutdown guy, especially with the speed that the game's at. I, that's just what it comes down to, the speed. Yeah, back when him and Justin Braun were uh, duoing essentially what we considered to be the shutdown defensive pairing for the Sharks. Yeah. And we're not talking about just pure stick-on-puck type of shutdown. We're talking about full defensive shutdown as well. He could not only do a controlled exit, he could do a controlled entry. He was so good at being two-way, and Justin Braun backed him up so well the last, well, I don't want to say the last couple of years, but when they played together, they had established such a great rapport. I think the biggest thing that I'm looking at over the last two seasons, which may contribute in, you know, incrementally, it could contribute in... You know, significantly higher than what i'm assuming but if you look he only blocked 64 shots in 51 games that's bad. yeah that is bad prior 97 prior to that 114 the 2018 2017 2018 season he had 174 blocks he's just not giving up the body anymore and that i mean that in and of itself can contribute immensely look at what alec martinez is doing for the vegas golden knights he is probably a better goaltender than Mark Andre Fleury than <laughs> Martin Jones. Oh, I thought you were going the Martin Jones route, but okay. But yeah, no, that, that was honestly a joke. But I mean, honestly, Martin Jones. I mean, there's a real fucking we <laughs> got a real conversation here. But I mean, the shot blocking, the ability to prevent the puck from even getting to your netminder is such a huge kind of like I don't like skill that is so underrated in defensemen that few people look at and they're like, hot fucking damn, dude, he is doing a hell of a job. And that's something that has disappeared from Mark Edward Vlasic's game. He's almost getting away, like getting out of the way of the puck. It's like he well, got that money and he's, I'm out. Yeah, pretty much. And I mean, you know, you just look at, you just look at the numbers, look at the pure numbers. If a guy like him is, is blocking 150 shots a year and most guys shooting percentage is probably like seven, eight percent. He, that means from just his shot blocking, he's probably stopping 12, 13, 14 goals. I mean, those that can change games. You know, that that can be the difference in, you know, five or six games throughout the season, which can turn out to be the difference of 10 points, you know, in the regular season, which can make the difference between making the playoffs and not making the playoffs. So I, I think it's very underrated, uh, you know, that 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 skill, because not a lot of guys like sacrificing the body anymore. So it is kind of disappearing from the game a little bit. Yeah. Um, just kind of moving into uh, we already talked about his buyout costs. We already talked about his uh, outlandishly albatross-esque contract that we're going to have to be dealing with for the next five years. Um, just taking a look at his quote unquote buy sell meter. Um, these are more offensively focused stats, which I don't think will will tell the whole story on Mark Edward Blasic. I think you're going to have to be looking at like uh, expected, you know, goals against five on five, expected goals against, all, as well as like Corsi four and Corsi against, and a lot of that stuff shows up, especially with the eye test. Just how much of a liability he turned into into his own zone and his inability to really transition out of his own zone or clear pucks. Um, but that's really it's really difficult to kind of document that as a stat unless you're just taking a look at 
how bad his his play has been and what the coach has essentially demoted him to, and that is that third line ice time with what was essentially a revolving door on that third line because uh, the top four were essentially buttoned up thanks to Kanijov's elevated play. But the first category, we have a shooting percentage of 2.7%, which uh, from what I'm seeing here, slightly lower than expected. Um, and, you know, we talked about him being that two-way player. So maybe you expect that to be a little bit higher or, you know, because it's lower than what's expected of him going into at least this year. So maybe it's the money. Maybe it's his previous year's points, but it just wasn't as good. Uh, next stat, we looked at five-on-five five shooting percentage, which was normal on you know in line for what's supposed to be again this isn't going to tell the entire story it's at 7.2 percent and then uh the the biggest hit which obviously we we've seen here points per 60 at 0.4 which was bottom of the barrel that is just terrible that is just god awful yeah values much lower than expected and on you know in my opinion and obviously the coaching staff's opinion much lower than what is tolerated that's why he got that demotion. And uh, I, I like on the Dauber Sports website, it says it's a buy-low opportunity. But there's no such thing as buy-low with Lassic because <laughs> we would have to pay somebody yeah. a lot of fucking money to get his ass off the books. And then he would have to be okay with doing it. Um, but again, uh, this next stat's funny. I want you to say this next stat because of how what the, the shade of red I'm looking at here. Yeah, so uh, secondary assist percentage uh, was 60%, uh, which is higher than normal. Um, Significantly higher than normal. Significantly, yes. I forgot that key word. So, yes, more uh, secondary assist than normal. I don't know what you can really take away from that. So um, I don't I think, think much, is, to be honest. Yeah, I think what that is is, like, of the six points that he had, right, or sorry, yeah. of the five assists that he had, let's, let's right, do the right. math here. Sixty percent of those were secondary. Of was yeah. secondary. So, so let's say three or yeah, yeah. The wow. point value it is three. So he had three assists as secondary assists there. So the point value it may look red. Yeah. Red red is good in this meter. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. So it looked. Oh my god, he had a sixty percent secondary assist percentage. He's fucking in the shits. No, that's three assists. Yeah, it's three. I know it, it is pretty pathetic when you really break it That's down like hilarious. that. Like this guy was only actually contributing to six goals out of the entire season. It's yeah. incredible. Just so much expectations going into this season with an extended off season for the Sharks. Yeah. A get well soon off season. A. All right. Last year was maybe a fluke. Let's rebuild it, or I don't. Don't say that word. No. Trigger Doug Wilson. I'm sorry, Doug. Please don't shoot me. But no. Let's fucking revamp it, right? Let's get back to where we were. That was just a, a fluke off season, or that was just a fluke season. COVID, blah 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 blah. And then you go in, and then this happens. So okay. Now what do you do? Do you hope again that you can build around your core? I put in air quotes there. You build around this core. I mean, this core That's is a like a core That's in a video Chernobyl. clip. It's a fucking Chernobyl core. This is a reactor core. That's just <laughs> dog shit. Okay. And he the proof is in the pudding. It's a bottom five team or technically bottom six team, number six in the NHL. You know, we're picking seventh overall for a reason. We got third overall last year for a reason. So at what point is Vlasic actually going to take responsibility and turn his shit around? Or is he going to be the guy that just 
calls it a day because he's making seven million dollars a year and there's not you know he already got the worst emotion you could get other than being tomas tatar and watching from the press box so yeah i mean at the end of the day i just i just think like he's just lost it i mean some guys lose their legs they lose it earlier yeah. than others and i think vlasic i mean i think his time has come up sooner uh, than he expected, than Doug Wilson expected. Obviously, if you're looking at the length of the contract, uh, much sooner than Doug Wilson expected. And it's very unfortunate. Yeah. And, you know, even for a guy like Vlasic, like, yeah, you know, the guy's getting millions of dollars, whatever. It, it does kind of suck in some ways for him, too, because he's probably still going out there and really trying tr- and giving his all, and he just can't get the results. And he's, that's really frustrating for a player. You just see him, and he's just, like, bent over, just huffing and puffing, like, ah, fucking kids are so fast. Ooh, just like hot damn, dude. Yeah, no, that's pretty Working much it at this point for Vlasic. Yeah. So in, in what realistic scenario could you guys back me up on the possibility of him being sent to Seattle with with some assets? Obviously, obviously he has to agree with it, but maybe to get out of this just uh, do I even say like depressing scenario where he's not doing well in San Jose, may, you know, Seattle's not expected to do anything in the next coming years. Do you think maybe just for, and didn't he play? Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't he, didn't he play in the WHL or something like that and have some sort of connection? To I could be wrong. Maybe that's Marlowe I'm thinking of, but anyways, yeah. yeah. Do you think, do you think that's a possibility and do you think it helps the Sharks long-term even if they had to give away an asset? Well, hundred percent yes. it would help the Sharks long-term. The problem is I just don't see a team taking it on because here's the thing. It's not a, two three-year contract this ain't this ain't louis erickson we're talking about he's only got three years left this is vlastic where he's got five years left and i mean even if you're uh, a seattle team looking to do a rebuild you're hoping by year four or five that you know you're gonna you know start making moves that you're gonna have some money where you can go sign free agents now all of a sudden if you got this you know massive pickle jar fucking weighing you down seven million dollars you can't do that and you can't move forward so i don't even think that you know the assets that we could give up would be worth it to any team to bring on that contract here here's the problem as much as i would love that to happen i don't think the sharks have the assets to give up true yeah because you in my opinion you said it'll help the sharks long term i think it would actually impact them more in the short term than they would in the long term you're you're going into a buyer's market in this offseason Right. And we talked about it before. You remove Vlasic, you're in contention for Philip Grubauer instantly. Yeah. Seven million dollars is off the books. The only way Vlasic goes to, I mean, if we're just checking off the boxes, let's assume hypothetically, Isha, that he says, okay, fine, I'll go to Seattle. You guys are, you're breaking my balls here, but I'll, I'll do it. Right. So I think from Seattle's perspective, you at least want the Sharks to retain two of the $7 million every single year, right? Which is still technically better than a buyout. So I'm okay with that. But then you don't have a second round pick this year that you can entice them with. If you're able to trade back, let's say you can trade back from seven and get a first and a second. I think that's the bare minimum you have to give up to offload that contract. Well, you have to- what about throwing in a Mario Ferraro, uh, Rudolph Balsers, and that's where it some hurts picks them in the long term? Yeah, but let's be honest; these guys are going to be superstars. Like, it, no, you know, but, I mean, for, for a, a, a bottom six sake. or a bottom or maybe a mid pairing guy. Like, I, I know you want to build around whatever young assets you have, but do you think one of those two and a couple picks? maybe retaining two mil wouldn't wouldn't that get it done i think that would get it done i don't 
I don't. I would not want to give up Mario Ferraro. I would much rather give up someone who's more of a prospect that isn't established in the system. Because twenty-one, opinion, that's Ferraro's one of the youngest guys, back. man. He's one of the youngest guys, though. That's the thing. He's I know, 21. but, he, but the, the problem is, he's one of the only young defensemen that we can actually count on moving. It forward. sucks that he's a defenseman. I have hockey DB yeah, up yeah. here, and I'm no, looking at I, him. I'm like, if he was a forward, you know, if, if if there was a forward around his age who had that type of production. That would be the piece you give up on. Obviously, Nick, you don't want to give up on him, but yeah, yeah. or you don't want to give him up. But you you said it there. I'm going through the roster. I'm like, shit. Like, there's nothing that he could e- they could even pile in that trade. Really. No, and that what that's if find why a way to replace Mario Ferraro with a Ryan Merkley. Sure, if it works out or like throw that, Ryan Merkley in the deal. You know? Yeah, uh, yeah, if yeah. You, you take Ferraro that. out, put Merkley in, and maybe give him a better forward prospect. You know that isn't Rudolph's bolsters because, if in my in my opinion. You could probably find a better forward prospect than Rudolph Sparlsters to throw in there. Yeah, you you could. Yeah, honestly, even Something someone to from think this about. year's draft class from uh, the previous year's draft class. I, I know you're thinking of like instant, like I don't want to say like um, ja- well, game just, changers for. I'm them. just giving the Vegas example because Vegas had a lot of yeah. those who just stepped in and, and played. But by all means, it could it's, whoever has the value is is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, and honestly, if. If it's possible, I'm down with doing it because you're you're helping them in the short term because you're getting all that much more off the books. But in, in my opinion, if you start digging into your guys like Ferraro, who in my opinion is going to be the captain of this team within the next three to five years, if I'm being completely honest. This guy shows everything in the locker room. He's got everything on the ice. He's got all the intangibles and all the personality that you want. And even Curtis Gabriel came on and talked about it where Ferraro's just that guy. He just radiates the positive energy. You don't want to give something like that up. You gave that up with Joe Pavelski years ago and see what it's done to your team. Like, if you can find a way to offload that contract, giving up two, like a first and a second, retaining two million and giving up two guys, that would help the, the team long term. And I'm, I'm down for it. I just would not want to lose a Ferraro at all. Yeah, I, I think either way, I mean, big decision from the San Jose Sharks, and uh, they got to do something with this money. There's no immediate pain relief. You know, no, there, any, there, any there really relief. isn't. No, there isn't. Um, Nick, let's get into our final report card for uh, Vlasic's season. I mean, I think I, I might have been too nice here. Uh, I gave him a C- minus for this season. Nick, you were uh, you're a little more harsh on old, old pickles there. Yeah, I, maybe it's expectation that goes along with my uh, emotional attachment, but I gave him a D. Give him the D. (laughs) (laughs) Got it! I gave him a D on his report card because, goddamn, that could have been significantly better. Because, goddamn, he needed it. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, I think I gave him a C- minus because I I kind of, for the same reason that you gave, where my expectations were actually quite low. Um, So I didn't expect a lot from Velasic this year. And... um, didn't get much from him either. So disappointing yeah. season. He showed overall. up. He, sh- yeah. he showed up. I mean, yeah, that's uh that's pretty much where we're at. Let us know. Um, I think that pretty much wraps up today's episode for Mark Edward Vlasic. Again, we'd want to see more from him, especially like positively trending moving forward. Um, but I don't expect that in the near future. Hopefully, like you said, we can find a way to get his ass to Seattle without having to give up too much. Um, But yeah, I think that pretty much wraps it up for today's episode. Let us know if you agree or disagree. Tweet at us at StickHungryPod. Make sure to give us a follow. You can follow me at NickFloor underscore. You can follow the network at HockeyPodNet. Dylan? You can follow myself at DYL underscore THPN. And you can follow myself at Producer underscore Pigeon.
All right. Next uh, player review we have in store for you guys on the next episode is everyone's favorite goaltender, Martin motherfucking Jones. Be on the lookout for that one next. Stay tuned. Have a great rest of your day.